0: Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church, located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Oh, it is good to be here, Mission Church. Um, come on, are you grateful for your pastors, Tyler and Rachel Johnson? Um, I, um, I am a profound believer um, that people lead things right? And that great things don't just happen by accident. They happen because faithful men and women of God uh, steward their lives well and, uh, and seek the face of the Lord, get the heart of the Lord for the church. And, and here's what I know because we did this. It's pretty cool in that picture. Our church is two years old in that picture when we brought uh, uh, Tyler and Rachel up. And here's what I know because we've done it. Church planting is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it is for faithful people that have a desire. And how amazing that a little over five years ago, like this thing that you're sitting in right now that is packed out to the brim, even though the Niners are playing, uh, uh, is, uh, is full of life, full of gospel movement, uh, full of the spirit of God and, and people whose marriages have been restored and children have found Jesus. And uh, I mean, lives have been transformed. People have found purpose here. And that's good news. Amen. Come on, that's good news. You're in a very good place. And so if you're new to Mission Church, I want to encourage you, man, just put deep roots. Put very, very deep roots. Um, You know, I just think being found in the house of God is the greatest thing you can do for your life. And so, uh, man, it is really our honor to be here. And uh, I got a picture of my kids. So uh, I am the proud father of twins. My wife, and uh, uh, Christina, and I, uh, we have a picture of them. So these are our twins. This is Justice and Adriana Guard, uh, I love these these folks. And that's my man, Justice, right there. This dude is a walking people magnet. Uh, people just love this dude, and, and he's funny. He's got a great sense of humor. He's kind of the you know class clown, life of the party. And, uh, and he's a lot of fun. In fact, every night, we do our affirmations, right? So every night, I'm laying in his bed. Uh, I, I pray for him. I had to correct his theology the other day. Um, because he's developing his prayer life, right? He's developing his prayer life. And so he got in this rhythm where he said, where he would say, dear Jesus, thank you for God. I love you in Jesus name. Amen. I'm like, cool, but let's flip those around. Like, you know, God's the father sent his son, dear God. Thank you for Jesus. And he goes, you know, he's kind of working on his theology a little bit. That's okay. Um, but we do his affirmations. And so I love him because he always starts out with the ones that I've given him. Right. Like I'm smart. I'm kind. I'm brave. And then and after about five or six, he just starts add, adding his own. He starts. So he's like, you know, um, I'm funny. I'm I'm handsome. Uh, you know, I'm good at sports. He just starts it starts adding his own. I don't pee on my toys. Like that's one. It's one of his affirmations that he gives himself. So he's awesome, man, he's fun. And then Adriana Grace Gard, always posing. Look at that pose, like she's made for this. Her mom was Miss Alaska, so she's, she is well on her way. And, uh, and we love Adriana Grace, and uh, she's our little, uh, we call our attitude. Right, attitude. So she has all the attitude, and we just uh, they are the joy of our life. And then there's a picture of our whole family uh, uh, that has kind of me and Christina in it. And uh, that is my wife, Christina, and she's absolutely incredible. And so this is our family, man. And as Tyler said, uh, him and Rachel are the godparents uh, of our children. We just love them like that. And so they really are, again, not like family. They are family. And so uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, uh, open up your Bible with me, if you would, uh, to Matthew chapter 16. We're gonna be in Matthew chapter 16, and I'm gonna read a couple verses in James chapter one. And I'm gonna read a lot of, if you've been around church for a while, um, I'm gonna read a lot of really familiar passages in the scripture. And maybe just hopefully I, I can shed a little bit of light on some of these passages that will maybe deepen our understanding or maybe deepen our devotion to Christ and what his desire is for our lives. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it reads like this, it says, then Jesus tells his disciples James chapter 1, verse 2, again, some more familiar scripture. James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect. I love this, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I want to preach a message today that I'm calling a life lost, kind of. Let's pray together today over the preaching of God's word. God, thank you so much for the honor it is to open up your word and to be transformed by it. So God, I pray for a humility in this room, a humility of mind, a humility of heart. God, if there is at any time today during the preaching of your word, a moment where my way comes into conflict with your way, I pray that my way would submit to you. For we know, God, that in you is the fullness of life. And so God, we're grateful for today, grateful for the church and grateful for what you're building here at Mission. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen, amen. amen. Um, in, any parents in the room? Let am see if you're a parent in the room. Any parents, a lot of parents in the room. Um, is anybody finding uh, this hard? Yeah. Is anybody else finding th- this, this raising children thing a bit difficult? Uh, a, a few weeks ago, I had by far up to this point in the almost five years of the lives of my children, the most ultimate dad moment uh, up to this point. And it started out on a Thursday morning and Thursday morning, uh, they are my days. Like, so they are my days to wake up the kids. Thursday morning is Christina's sleeping day. And then my sleeping day is Friday morning. And the rest of the days we kind of do it together. But uh, Thursday morning, I get the kids up and on my mornings, I take them to Starbucks. So on my mornings, I get them up. And, and we go to Starbucks, but before we go to Starbucks, I grab some yogurts and, and a couple kind of, you know, uh, appropriate breakfast items, because you can't live on cake pops alone. And, and so so I, I grab their stuff, and we get in the car, and we're, we're driving to Starbucks, and I look back, and Adriana, she has eaten all of her yogurt. She has, she has crushed it. And I look over at Justice, and he hasn't eaten any of his, and I go, hey, bud, uh, you got to eat your yogurt, because I know what's going to happen. We're going to get to Starbucks, and you're going to want, you know, your treat, and you got to eat the yogurt before we get there. And he goes, my tummy's full. And I'm like, no, you little snake. Uh, uh, you need to make sure that you eat that so that you can, you can have some treats. And so, so he eats it. We get to Starbucks, and I order their stuff. And, uh, and I ask him, you know, do you want to sit inside or outside? And my kids are true Floridians. Like uh, This morning, they would think this is the frozen tundra here in Walnut Creek, California. Uh, If it gets under 80 degrees, my kids are like, is it a snow day? Like, it's just... My kids are Floridians for real. And, uh, and so they go, they don't like you know, being inside in the air conditioning. They'd rather be outside in the humidity. And, and so they're like, no, let's sit outside. So we go outside and there was one more item I had to you know, grab from the inside. So I'm going in, I go, do you guys wanna stay here or do you wanna come in with me? No, we wanna stay here and play. And so I go in, I grab it. And when I come out, they're actually down the sidewalk because they've been kind of chasing each other. And when I walk out, my daughter Adriana goes, Justice just threw up. And so I'm like, oh, buddy. So I run down kind of this little walkway and he had just kind of thrown up. And I'm like, are you okay, buddy? And he goes, yeah. I go, do you think you're gonna throw up again? He's like, yeah. And, and so I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And I'm kind of trying to bring him inside to Starbucks. And before we go in, boom, he throws up again all over like the, like the front door, essentially. And I'm like, oh, buddy. And then, but it was like right after he threw up the second time, his whole countenance changed. Right after he threw up the second time, he was he was good. So I was like, maybe he ate something kind of funny. Maybe I got to check the date on that yogurt. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I go, are you okay? He goes, yeah. I said, do you feel better? He goes, I feel a lot better. And I'm like, okay, well, you have to throw up all over your shirt, but we got to get you a new shirt. So they get in the car and we go right across the street to Target and we go inside and I... Buy him a shirt, so I have to buy her a shirt, even though she doesn't need a shirt. And and so we're in the parking lot of Target, and they're just like you know taking off their shirts and putting on their new shirts. And we get in the car and we're driving down the road, and all of a sudden he's kind of getting quiet. And I'm like, "Are you okay, bud?" He goes, "No." I said, "Are you going to throw up again?" He goes, "Yeah, I think so." And at this point, I'm panicking, right? Because I have the world's weakest stomach. Like I have like every, like when I brush my teeth, it, uh, uh, I mean, it is a battle to even just get through that for me. It's very, very difficult for me. And so, and so, so I'm like, oh man, I look around my car and uh, you know, there was like a bigger, like, you know, brown paper bag of the Starbucks content. So I pull the Starbucks stuff out and I hand him this bag and I say, buddy, please, if you're going to throw up again, please, please throw up in this bag, like put your face in it. Just put your nose in it. Just like, just, just throw up in this bag. He goes, okay. So sure enough, we're driving down the road. Boom. He starts throwing up, right? So he starts throwing up and and, and then he's doing a great job, but then he lifts up his head and then he goes down to throw up again and he misses the bag. So now it's kind of on the side of the bag and, and, and Adriana's is like, ah! Like Adriana's kind of tripping out and it starts to smell. And so I'm, uh, 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 it starts to smell. So I roll, down, I roll down all the windows in the car, the front windows, the back window. I roll down all the windows. And when I look back, the bottom of the brown paper bag is starting to sag. And I'm like, oh man, this thing's gonna open up all over him. And so I, I just instinct, right? I just grab the bag and I'm holding it and I'm like, now this thing's gonna open up all over me. So I, I wasn't, I just, I just set my arm outside. When I set my arm outside, I'm going like 45 miles an hour. The wind hits the bag, <laughs> opens up the bottom of the bag. And because of how wind works, it goes all over Adriana in the back seat. <laughs> so now she has all of her brothers. So she's like, ah, the whole time. Then I get them home and I get into the garage and I'm like, just take off all your clothes. So they just start taking off all their clothes in the garage. Now, mind you, this is Christina's sleeping day. She thinks they're just at school. It's a normal Thursday morning routine. But nope, they come running in butt naked with like throw up all over their persons. And Christina's like, what happened? And I just thought, this is hard. This is hard. And as difficult as it is to raise kids, if you're a parent in this room, you know this too, there probably is not another relationship that gives you as great of a return. So although the output is high, the return is incredibly high. And what's interesting is if you're following Jesus, here's what you have to understand. Take that and magnify it by like a million in terms of what it is to follow God versus output versus what he deposits into your life. See, listen, there is an output to following God. There is. I'm not, this is not a bait and switch church, right? This is, there is an output to following God, right? He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He did not say non-existent. So there is a burden and there is a yoke to wear. But what you, you have to understand is, yes, there's an output, but the return, is greater than you can possibly fathom. And and here's my point, my main point today that I want us to wrap our minds and our hearts around is this, is that what you lay down for Jesus will be overwhelmed by what he adds to you. What you lay down for Jesus will be overwhelmed by what he adds to you. You see, there is a philosophy that if you're gonna follow Jesus, you gotta get out of your mind. And it's this philosophy right here that you are sacrificing something great for God. You're not, you are not the sacrificer in this relationship. You are not the one laying anything down in this relationship. He is the one who made him who knew no sin to become sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Like he is the sacrificer. And so we got to get this like martyrdom Christianity out of our mind. It is not a sacrifice to serve Jesus. It is the great joy of my life to serve Jesus. There is nothing greater than you can do with your life than to serve Jesus. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand anywhere else. It is, um, we are not sacrificing. We're receiving, we're walking and he's building. And in verse 24 of Matthew chapter 16 Jesus lays this out. It says, then Jesus tells his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh, You ever admired something about somebody? Uh, Maybe somebody that you know, maybe maybe a family member, and there's just an attribute or there's something that they're accomplishing right now and you just really admire that. Or maybe it's somebody you know, from afar that you just admire certain aspects of their life. And admiration is an interesting thing. Like right now, my wife is uh, in the process. She's in her dissertation period of her PhD in clinical psychology. and, and, uh, And so I'm watching her go. And then she has two master's degrees and she's finishing up her PhD. And I'm just like watching her do her thing. Right? Come on, she's a mom of, of twin four year olds and she leads the church with me. She's a college professor. She travels and speaks. And, and I'm watching her, like, you know, take a, it takes a lot of time to get your PhD. And I'm watching her. And, and when I'm watching her do her thing and watching her work on her PhD, I got to be honest, every once in a while I get a demonic thought in my mind. <laughs> and the demonic thought that I get is maybe I should. try to go get my PhD. After all, I don't want my wife being called Dr. Guard and I'm Andrew. (laughs) But then you know what I do? I cast that devil out in Jesus' name. And I'm like, no, thank you. I am not interested in getting my PhD. I got too much NBA 2K to play. You know what I mean? Like, no way. You see, because here's what an admirational relationship is. An admirational relationship is when you go, wow, I admire that about you, but it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to do it. I just admire that about you, right? And, and, and here's what's interesting. Uh, I think too many of us have an admirational relationship with Jesus. So good. I think we have an admirational, like, like we watch him forgive his enemies and we don't go, I want to do that. We go, look at him go. good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Look at him. Look at the way he forgives the people that are crucifying him in real time. Wow. Way to go, Jesus. You're amazing. It's admirational. And so we don't take on the attributes of God. We stand at a distance and we golf clap them. And Jesus, he's not interested in an admirational relationship with you. I don't even think he really cares if you admire him. But he does say, if you are going to be my disciple, then you have to do the things that I do. If you're actually going to follow me, then you're going to start looking like me. You're going to start talking like me. You're going to start thinking like me. You're going to start operating like me. And so what if today, you know, a bunch of people at Mission Church said, hey, you know what? I'm moving from an admirational relationship in which every knee bows and confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm moving from an admirational relationship to a Lordship relationship to say, listen, I don't want to just admire you. I want to be like you. And by the way, what's beautiful about Jesus is he lays it out pretty plain and simple what that looks like. And so he gives us three things. He says it right here, and I want to go through them very quickly. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So if you're taking notes, let's get into that first one, to deny ourselves, He says we are to deny ourselves. It's an interesting time and culture that we're living in. See, we're living in a culture of self-indulgence that actually belittles self-denial. We we actually live in a culture that calls up, down, and down up in which self-indulgence is admired and self-denial, we send those people to counselors. And it is the exact opposite of what Jesus taught the kingdom of God is like. And he said, no, 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 there is something about self-denial. There's a reason why self-denial is so important. In fact, when I first got saved, I was 17 years old when I gave my heart to Jesus. And I just, I don't know how I knew this, but I just instinctively knew that self-denial was going to be a part of this. I, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I just i just did. And I remember I was following Jesus for about a week uh, when uh, on one particular day I was driving to school with, with our mutual friend, Nick, that Tyler and I played basketball, high school basketball with. And and Nick and I would drive to school every day together. I remember we were parked in our parking spot and we're kind of sitting there. And every Thursday for the previous couple years, uh, Nick would ask me on Thursday, because the weekend's coming, what are we getting into this weekend? Right, that was the conversation. We'd start, talk, start game planning on Thursday. And I had been a Christian for a week. And, and I told him, I said, oh man, I'm not really, I'm not about that life anymore. <laughs> I, I said, hey man, I don't, I don't really do that stuff anymore. I, remember I told you, like, I'm a Christian. I don't really do that stuff anymore. He goes, oh, you're for real with that? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm for real. Like, this is, I don't really do that stuff anymore. And we got into this, like, long conversation about what this new life that I was, you know, endeavoring to live. And at the end, he hit me with probably something that some of you have been hit with because it's fascinating how people act right when you start going, hey, I want to make some good life decisions. I want to start changing some things up. And so he hit me with a very familiar phrase that, is, uh, uh, that, that many of you have been hit up with. And he said this, he goes, oh, so you think you're better than us now? That's what he said. And I don't know how I knew to say this, but in real time I go, no, I don't think I'm, I'm better than you. I just know I'm better than that. And what some of you have to understand is, well, first of all, you are better than nobody, right? Like you're, you're not better than the people on your right and left. You're not better than your family members that aren't here. You're, you're not better than anybody. However, you are absolutely better than some addictions, better than some decisions, better than some habits, better than some circumstances. Like you are, you are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. So there are absolutely things and situations and circumstances that you are better than. And you will never be able to walk in self-denial until you really believe that. You will never be able to say no to things until you understand that you are above those things. And so Jesus says, hey, hey, if you're going to follow me, there has to be a component to self-denial because if you are a son and you are a daughter, you are above some things. And and then he goes on to say, he says, hey, hey, you got to deny yourself. But then he says, hey, you have to take up your cross. You have to take up your cross. This would be a fun question if you and I got to go out to Starbucks, just you and I, and I got to ask you this, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? See, we're going to be known for a lot of things, right? Based on our attributes, based on our background, we're going to be, we're going to be known for a lot of things. And have you ever had somebody introduce you and they use the quality of yours, but it kind of puts you in a little bit of an awkward situation? I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, I was in Publix. Now what Publix is, it's the greatest grocery store on God's green earth, is what it is. If you've never been to the southeast region of the United States, you guys have to go to Safeway here. <laughs> and Publix is what we have in, in Florida. And uh, and so I was at Publix, and I see this lady from uh, from kind of you know down the aisle, and she goes, Pastor Andrew. And honestly, I didn't recognize her. I didn't know who she was, and I was like, Yo, right? <laughs> and she's with one of her friends. She goes, Come here, come here. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> And and she's like, hey, Pastor Andrew. And she introduced herself. My name's, I've been at the church for two years and I love the church and it's changed my life. And I'm in a city group. And she had a friend with her and she goes, this is my friend. And I've been telling her like, you need to come to my church. And this is my, this is the guy I've been telling you about. This is Pastor Andrew. And and when she introduced me, this is Pastor Andrew. And she goes, he's so funny. (laughs) And I didn't know what to do. (laughs) And so I just was kind of like, Because when she said that, her friend looked at me like, okay, the floor is yours. (laughs) And I kind of went, nice to meet you. (laughs) See, Jesus was known for a lot of things. He was known for a lot of things. Like Jesus would feel, would would, like feed 5,000 people with a Lunchable. Impressive, right? Impressive, right? Jesus would go to funerals and ruin them. Impressive, right? right. Jesus walked on water. Impressive, right? right? But only one thing became the logo. Only one thing became the logo. Only one thing 2,000 years later, people wear around their neck and tattoo on their body. Only one thing became the logo because you'll be known for a lot of things. But the thing that will be most important is did you carry out your God-given assignment? Did you carry out the thing that God created you for? Did you carry out the thing that when God created you, the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth, he created you for good? Are you carrying out those things? Build a great business. Work out. Take care of your temple. All that stuff but you better carry your cross and you better know why you're here and you better, you better walk that out. And so Jesus says, Hey, if you're going to follow me, you have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross, which is my primary assignment for you. And then the third thing Jesus says we need to follow him daily, right? That we need to follow him daily. See, sometimes the life that he is calling calling you to feels impossible because you think that you have to get there in a day. Come on, sometimes when you're just thinking about the things that God has called you to do and the things that, maybe the visions that he's given you or the things that he has impressed upon your heart, you're like, oh man, but it can be overwhelming. Like right now, I am in an overwhelming season for our church. Like for our, you know, our church is a couple years older than yours and, but have have kind of the same kind of problems with a bunch of services and a bunch of people. And so we recently uh, just purchased, and, and this is after like six years of looking, we recently purchased 50 acres in our city to like build our forever home. Like crazy, crazy, crazy. And so we're working with this group called the Aspen Group that are kind of helping us. They design, they, they, you know, they build, the build, like the whole deal. And so um, maybe a few months ago, I was starting to get back numbers of like what this is gonna cost, right? And again, your church is gonna be in this same spot and Pastor Tyler is gonna be standing up here and he's gonna start throwing out some Monopoly numbers. <laughs> and I was, I was in a meeting with these guys and they're like, okay, so phase one of the building, so phase one for just the site development and phase one of the building, it's gonna be about $35 million dollars. Uh, what? <laughs> and so so we're going to have to raise 15 million dollars just so we can have the honor of carrying a 20 million dollar mortgage. <laughs> and I got to be honest, I start hearing numbers like this and I long for the living room. Right? Cuz our church was started in a living room with a whiteboard. And I'm like, man, can we go back to the living room? The living room was awesome. Like we didn't have no pressure. It was kind of chill. It was kind of nice. It was a dream in our heart, but you know, your, your church was started in a backyard, right? right. right. It was just a backyard. And, and sometimes Tyler and I talking, I gotta be honest, like we're people just like you. So it's like, sometimes I mean, let's go back to the backyard where we just have like little bonfires and hang out and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> it's way less complicated, yeah. way less stakes involved. And what's interesting is I was in the season of feeling overwhelmed. And how many of you know are so grateful to the graciousness and the kindness of God is that when you are overwhelmed, he will literally put you in a spot that can build your faith and build your confidence to set you on track. And so right when I was feeling like that, um, I was hanging out with one of uh, uh, my mentors, Pastor Chris Hodges, who uh, pastors a church in Birmingham, Alabama. They have 6D, six zero thousand people that go to their church. Doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> And and, and we were walking, and and I see that now, and I'm like, wow. But him and I are walking around, and he's going, Yep, you're X of our church, we built that building. And then you're X of our church, we built that building. And you're X in our church, and we built that building. And you know what he was doing for me? He was putting it in bite sized pieces. Uh, And all of a sudden, this big thing didn't feel quite as overwhelming. And here's what you have to understand is that God's gonna put things in your heart, and it's gonna feel overwhelming. And you're going to feel like I have to get there in a day. And let me just tell you this. You do not have to get there. In fact, you cannot get there in a day. You want to know how you're going to get get there? Daily. You can't get there in a day, but you can get there daily. Come on, the marriage that you want, you're just being faithful to today. You're speaking kind to each other. You're honoring each other. You're out serving one another. And all of a sudden, you're going to look back and go, how did we build such a great marriage? Oh, you did it daily. That business that you're building right now, you're just being faithful. You're walking with integrity. You're walking with character. And you're going to look back and go, I can't believe we have 150 employees. Well, how'd you get there? You didn't get there in a day. You got there daily. And so Jesus says, hey, if you're going to follow me and not just admire me, you have to take up your cross. You have to deny yourself and you have to follow me daily. And then he goes on to say, And this has really become a life verse for for me. He says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So we ask the question, what do you wanna be known for? This would be another question that I think would be really fun to have a conversation around. Is that what do you want? What do you want? Let Let me give you two options. Do you want the world or do you want your soul? Do you want the world? Or do you want your soul? Now, I know you know what time it is. It's 10, 15 when this thing started and you're in church and it's a Sunday. So I know you know the answer is B, my soul. (laughs) (laughs) I know you know that's what the answer is, but I wonder sometimes if we really, really know that. I'm gonna illustrate this, but I just wanna set this. I wanna set a caveat before I go into this illustration. And what I want to set up is I'm about to go very lowbrow humor. So I just wanted you to be aware. I really do pride myself on highbrow humor. I actually very much pride myself on that. But for a second, we're going to go a little bit of youth group humor for a second. Is that okay? So don't judge me too harshly. I've, I've warned you ahead of time. I, I have set you up for this, right? We're going, go, we're going to go a little low brow humor. But have you ever been kind of going about your day? And and you're, and you're going about your business and maybe you stop at Starbucks or maybe you stop somewhere for lunch and you see somebody and they're kind of bending over and their whole backside is out. (laughs) Like their whole backside is just just exposed. Have you ever, you ever seen, and and you're kind of, you know, you're just trying to have a day and you're like, whoa, whoa. I just, I was not ready to see this. This is not, I was not prepared to see this. This is not, in fact, this got so bad. This became like even epidemic in church. Like, in fact, they had to invent like a whole ministry team because of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, some of you, if you didn't grow up in church, you might not know this. I didn't grow up in church. And so I had never seen this before. But a lot of years back, I was preaching at a all the way Pentecostal church. <laughs> like mission church is a lot like my church, a lot, a lot of like Grace City Church. Like we're Pentecostal with breaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're charismatic, but like, whoa, you know, like Hold on there like a horse with a saddle. You know what I mean? Like we're riding this thing. Like, right. But I was at a church. It was like downhill, Pentecostal, no breaks. I was preaching at one of those kind of environments and I was preaching right and I, was in, and I did an altar call and people are coming up and people are like kneeling at the altar. And all of a sudden I see people come out of nowhere. They come from like the side room and they have these like cloths. And I had never seen anything like this before. And they start putting them on people. They start putting them on people. They're just putting them on people. And my wife is right there. And again, my wife grew up in like a, for real Pentecostal church. Again, downhill, no breaks. And I look and I'm like, I'm like, what are they doing? And she's like, I'll tell you later. And they put them on. And these things were called modesty cloths. I come to find out. And I had a lot of questions like, how do you get put on the modesty cloth team? Like you haven't tithed in six months. We're going to make you look. (laughs) It's your penance. (laughs) We've all been in this environment, right? Where you're like, oh man. And and it always begs for me one question. And it's an obvious question, is it not? And it's a question that I always want to ask people who find themselves in this situation. And this is the question I want to ask. You can't feel that? Like you can't feel the breeze <laughs> flowing on the small of your back. Because there's no shame in the game. We've all been there. We've all been there. Come on. I've been at a prayer gathering where I'm like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. And I want to, I'm like, man, you like, you like you can't you can't feel that your backside is exposed. Like you can't feel that, bro? And I've been pastoring people for almost 20 years now, I meet with a lot of people one-on-one throughout the week. And I see people making destructive, soul-shattering decisions all the time. Yeah. And the question that I always am dying to ask is you can't feel that? Wow. Like, like, like you can't. Come on. Okay. Like you're a dating couple right now and you're not married and you're having sex. You can't feel that? This is not a house of condemnation. But we're all making soul decisions every day. And I'm going, man, you, you guys, I'll meet with people, you can't feel that? You can't feel what that's doing to your soul? Uh, some of you, you've oriented your lives not around the house of God, but around your kid's sports schedule. Sorry, that was too real. I'm sorry, that was too... That was too real. I saw some of you like, well, we're out of here. Like, <laughs> and what I want to just lovingly say is like you, you can't feel that. Yeah, so like you can't, like some of you, the way you talk to your spouse, you'll come in here and be like, hey, Ron, <laughs> at church. But the way you talk to your spouse, like you, you can't, you can't feel what that's doing to your soul. Some of you, you'll rob God of his tithes and offerings. Too real, sorry. What a tragedy it would be to gain the whole world and forfeit our soul. How devastating it would be to build the business and to look great from the outside, but your soul is eroding. And I just have come to the place in life where I I, I want to be like Christ. I don't want to look like Christ. I don't want the appearance of something. God, at the soul level, like who I am on the inside. And by the way, not because I'm a martyr and not because I'm making a sacrifice, but because I just know in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And that when I am doing life the way that you have oriented life to be done, there is a fulfillment that can come that far supersedes anything that you can get in the natural here on earth. And I wanna pull in this James chapter one, and I'm done, I wanna have the team come up and and play nicely behind me by the way that's awesome you guys have a violinist up here just ah. that brother i look for a ring finger i like i i know that brother's married like <laughs> the easiest time locking something down of all time like hey i made you dinner have a seat Where's he at? <laughs> you got married at like eighteen. You got married like at eighteen, huh? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. All right. How long have you been married? Two and a half years. Where is she? Is she here? She's at home. Okay. Just waiting for you to come back and play the violin for, feed her grapes and stuff. honest question though like did you ever have a moment where like you had like a date and you like played for her? Oh, yeah. oh yeah 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 <laughs> it was like mortal Kombat finisher like it was like <laughs> So we're almost done i'm just gonna read this verse and i have one more illustration and then we're out of here <laughs> james chapter one Verse 2. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers. He doesn't say endure it. He doesn't say this is your sacrifice. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Be careful what you're praying for God to take away. Be careful. I remember I had to have a meeting with my pastor when I was working at a church in the Seattle area. Cause you ever feel like at work, you kind of, you feel like you're doing everything. <laughs> Come on, you ever just feel like we're, and I remember I was, I was working at this church and I was running the young adults. We had a large young adult ministry. I feel like I was running, I was running our internship. We had a large internship. And then because I was competent, they just started giving me other random stuff. that had nothing to do with like my, you know, my purview. And so it was like, hey, give Andrew the coffee shop. He'll crush that. Hey, give Andrew the parking lot and golf cart team. He'll crush that. So I, so I had this like random portfolio and to be honest, I felt like I was drowning. Felt like I was dr- So I'm like, I'm gonna meet with my pastor and tell him like, hey, like, like let me run this stuff that I'm running and let's find other people. So, you know, I tell my wife like, hey, I'm meeting, I'm meeting with our pastor and, and have you ever had a meeting like this that you have in your mind how it's gonna play out and it doesn't go at all? <laughs> So I sit down with my pastor and I tell him, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm like doing a lot. And I feel like I'm doing a lot fruitfully. So like, hey, can we offload? I was even giving him ideas about who should run like the cafe because I think like these people aren't doing anything, you know. (laughs) And he just looked at me. I'll never forget this. He just looked at me and said, you're fine. No, no, you're fine. And I was like no I'm telling you I'm not I, we set up the meeting so we could meet at Starbucks so I could tell you that I'm not fine Like I'm, I, I'm actually telling you right now blah, I'm not fine I don't think I explained it well <laughs> so I explained it again and he's like no no you're good I get in the car what happened I go home Christina goes how did it go I go I don't know I think I'm doing like two more things. I think he added like two more things <laughs> to my plate. And I look back now because we're in the midst of a $35 million building project and we got a location in Lakeland and we got a location in Tampa. And we got thousands of people coming to church every weekend and we got a crazy budget and we got complicated staff stuff and complicated people stuff. And I think to myself, thank God. Thank God that my pastor did not take those things off me because those things were forming a girth that I was going to need in the future. Be careful what you pray for God to take because he might just be taking future strength that you're gonna need. And so for you and I, it's never, God, I'm laying it down for you. God, I'm doing all this for you. It's it's an honor. It's an honor to be counted among the faithful men and women of God. It's an honor to have my name written in the Lamb's book of life. It's an honor. Remember the disciples, they were beat in the book of Acts. The disciples are beat and it says that they leave rejoicing. That's where I want, I'm not there yet, but that's where I want to get is they leave rejoicing and they go, I can't believe that God would see it fit for us to suffer for him. The sooner that you and I can change our perspective and understand that better is one day in his courts and a thousand where else. And the sooner that you and I can shift our perspective and say, I am not a martyr for Christ. He died so that I could live. We will realize it's a life lost, kind of. Come on, mission church, let's stand to our feet. And I wanna ask a couple questions. And the first question is this, you're in this room right now or maybe you're watching online and with every head bowed and eyes closed, you would admit, I'm I'm not a follower of Jesus. Or maybe I was 15 years ago, but I've walked away and today, uh, I wanna come home. And if I were to look at you, if you and I were to go out to lunch and I were just look at you, and ask you, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? If your answer is anything but an unequivocal yes, I believe this is why you came to church today. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, that God will grant you eternal life, not just when you die and go to heaven someday, but a new kind of life right now. He will forgive you of your sins, wash you white as snow, and start you on a new path with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna ask, if that's you, when I count to three, that you would lock out your elbow and lift up your hand. And this would just be your confession of faith, saying, Pastor Andrew, man, that's me. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, ready, one, two, three. Go and lift up your hand all across this room. Yep, see you right there, see you right there, see you right there, see you right there. Beautiful, yep, see you right there. Yep, see you all the way in the back. Way to go, yep, see you right there, sir, way to go. Come on, most important decision in your life. Who is Jesus? He is Lord. Second question is this. Second question is this, you're in this room right now and you are following Jesus, but if you were honest, you've lived a little bit of a martyr Christianity and you've lamented at the things you've had to give up, but you just refreshed and reminded today, no, 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 God, remind me of the joy of my first love. Remind me of the joy it is to serve you and to serve in your house. I want you to lift up your hand all across this room and I wanna pray for us. God, we thank you so much. God, that indeed better is one day in your courts than a thousand where else. God that you are so good and you are so faithful and you are so kind and so God it is my joy, it is my pleasure to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's an honor to be a carrier of your spirit. It's an honor to be an ambassador for you. It's an honor to use my gifts and my talents and my resources so that other people can come to know the saving name of Jesus Christ. It is an honor to be called son. It's an honor to be called daughter. It's an honor to be yours. It's an honor to be saved, Lord. It's an honor. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen and amen. Come on. Can we thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness towards us? Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons.